check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's Showtime. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here on a Friday. Hopefully, you've taken advantage of uh, the Friday and gone off because you've got to. You've got just 10 days until Christmas, which means you've got like five, six, seven, maybe like seven days. Now, five days at least of uh, shopping before uh, it is Christmas. So make sure to take care of your last minute gifts. Support our sponsors. That's we always uh, uh, want you to do that. Um, you know, I'll just say this. I think anybody would want a gift of a free account from prize picks. No, I'm just kidding. They don't, they don't, uh, they're a national buyer. They're not local, but, uh, Hey, support them anyway. Um, got a lot to get into on the show today. Usually we have Tim Murray at three 15. He is going to join us at three 30. Uh, got a lot of bowls to get into. I got to ask him about the LA bowl. I mean, we're going to do a lot of the bowls probably at least through Tuesday or Wednesday, um, we are going to have some shows next week, so we'll certainly get into that with him. Um, but the line keeps going up for the LA Bowl, which is between UCLA and Boise State. And I do not understand why UCLA has a lot of players who are not playing in the game, a lot of coaches who are no longer with the program, and yet it doesn't seem to matter because Boise State's starting their third string or fourth string quarterback. So uh, Tim Murray will join us at 3.30 today. So if you're one of the guys who loves or gals who loves that segment, he is going to go back 15 more minutes uh, and join us. So Tim Murray's our only guest today at uh, at 3.30. Uh, don't forget, coming up later on, and I can't say don't forget because I never told you the first time, uh, Bob has uh, the new head coach of JMU, Bob Chesney, on his show uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. So make sure to tune in for that. 327-0888, that is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 uh, is the area code. Last night, another tremendous uh, effort by the NFL when it comes to uh, performances. Uh, I mean, look, on the one hand, we certainly got more in the points in the uh, from the over. Uh, we talked about how low the over was yesterday, and the Raiders went over it in the first half themselves on their way to a 63-21 victory over the San Diego, excuse me, not the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. And it was, I, I'm telling you this up front, didn't watch a single second of it, and I was right to not watch it. The only people who should be watching it last night were, were Raiders fans. And I don't even think the Raiders like fans expected anything like this to happen. They were up 42 nothing at halftime, and then the irony of Amazon people interviewing uh, Staley at halftime, and he basically was like, yeah, this is not us. This is all about a pride thing. And they showed some pride in the second half, but they still lost 63-21. to I do find it funny, the, the, the comment at the top of the sports center when they talked about the defense, um, there were several touchdowns that were scored defensively. If you somehow are in your fantasy playoffs and you started the Raiders' defense, you are off to a fantastic start. I think it, I think they scored 40 points in one league that I saw. Um, and then today they fired Brandon Staley and the general manager. And here's the interesting thing about the general manager. I wouldn't have fired the general manager. There is nothing that this this team is one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And I don't think it's Tom Telesco's fault. I think that's his name. Tom Telesco. I don't think it's his fault that they're as bad as they are. 
Like, I just, he put together a good roster. It's just they didn't put together a good coach to coach the roster. When you look, when they're healthy and it's Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and, you know, Khalil Mack and all these guys on defense, Derwin James and everybody they have, I don't think it's the fault of the general manager. Like, you're almost firing the guy because he put too much talent there. Um, I, I would not have necessarily agreed with that because I just don't think the general manager's fault is what it is. But I, um, uh, you know, that's what happened. They fired the, the general manager and the, and the coach. And here's the, the, the tie back to the commanders. Um, the, 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 the Chargers are going to get the best coach that's out there unless they make a, a foolish decision. But the Chargers will be the number one option for any sort of head coach who's out there. And everybody's already making it, and it makes too much sense. Everybody's saying basically Bill Belichick should go to the Chargers, which um, uh, which basically is, uh, it makes too much sense. Bill Belichick hasn't gotten stupid. It's Bill Belichick, the GM's fault, that Bill Belichick, the coach, has nothing to to work with. So basically, if the Chargers go and hire a new general manager and then hire Bill Belichick to, to do it, I mean, look at what he has. He has Justin Herbert. He's never had Justin. Well, okay, never mind. He had Tom Brady. But uh, the last couple of years since Brady left, he has not had anything close to, to, to Tom Brady. So I um, I think that it makes a lot of sense. And if I'm the commanders, I almost want that to happen because – I don't think Bill Belichick fits in well with the commanders. I don't know how Bill will do with a younger quarterback in, in Sam Howe. I don't think that they would – I don't think it would match up very well. I still maintain, and obviously we talked about it yes, uh, what was it yesterday or Wednesday with Al Galdi about Eric Bieniemy. I still maintain if, if, if Sam Howe is your answer, the reason why Sam Howe is your answer is because of Eric Bieniemy's offense. You either hope that he takes continues to be the OC or you think that maybe he's the head coach. I just don't see Sam Howe and Bill Belichick or whoever Bill Belichick hires as their offensive coordinator. I don't see the two of them matching up very well. So if I'm a Commanders fan, especially one who doesn't want Bill Belichick, I'm sitting here saying, boy, I hope the Chargers take Bill Belichick because I don't want him in Washington. Uh, you know, there's going to be other options. There's going to be other hot coordinator names out there. There's going to be a lot of different things um, that the Commanders can have. And they're probably second now in the offseason with regards to, um, I mean, there's certainly a better job than Carolina. Uh, we went over kind of a lot of this stuff. They're a pretty good job, especially now that Daniel Snyder's gone. Although I did read something, I think Kevin Sheen was talking about it, and somebody said that, that, that this is not as an attractive job as people think it is. I, I think it is pretty attractive. I think you get a young quarterback. You've got a wide, a number one wide receiver. You've got a defense that if they don't trade Jonathan Allen, you could build around Jonathan Allen up front. You've got extra draft picks this coming draft. You've got other things that certainly can help you. I feel like you can certainly build around this roster. And they've got some cap room, which is very important. You always want to get a team that has some cap room. Guess what? The Chargers have are $50 million over the cap. Now, that seems like a lot, but every year the, the Saints are like $100 million over the cap, it feels like, and it doesn't really matter because 
they somehow get under it by just, you know, renegotiating a lot of contracts, which once again, like when I went to yesterday talking about the NBA, excuse me, Major League Baseball getting a cap, I would like it to actually be a hard cap, whereas the rest of these sports, it's not very hard in terms of, it's not $150 million, you can't go over that, it's $150 million, but you could do this and this and this, so... That's the long answer of basically saying the Chargers are going to get their pick of whoever they want. And I think that basically everyone has already linked them to Bill Belichick. And I think a lot of the odds have basically said it because if Bill leaves New England, he's going to leave for some place where there is a lot of talent. He's not going to leave for Carolina. He's not going to leave for someplace else. He could go to Washington. But I just, I think Bill Belichick is basically waiting to go to the Chargers, basically waiting for them to let him go. So that's what happened last night. We'll get into the NFL a little bit later on. Uh, We'll tell you what the injury report looks like for the Commanders. There is football tonight, FCS playoff football, if that's your thing. 7 o'clock, South Dakota State is hosting Albany, so the CAA still has one team left. South Dakota State's a 19.5-point favorite. You know that the FCS would love to get a battle of the Dakotas. Because North Dakota State and Montana is the other game, and that one's uh, taking place tomorrow. College basketball tonight, there is only nine lined games. Although tonight at 10 o'clock in Seattle, Washington, we do have Connecticut and Gonzaga. Connecticut's about a four-point favorite. 153.5 is the total in that game. Other than that, it is a stinker of a lineup. But we'll get everybody back tomorrow because a lot of people will be coming off of uh, a lot of people will be coming off of exams. VCU hosts Temple tomorrow at 2 o'clock. They're an 8-point favorite. That's the early line there. JMU's a 15.5-point favorite at Hampton. Um, these are the lines that first come out on uh, DraftKings actually has them. Uh, Virginia's a 15.5-point favorite against Northeastern. Uh, Richmond is, I'm looking to see where Richmond is. Oh, they'll be down here because of the opponent they play. Um We'll see what happens. Richmond's a f- oh, four and a half point favorite. So it's a tight game uh, for Richmond uh, as they take on Charlotte at seven o'clock. So that's what's kind of going on in college basketball. All right, let's take a timeout. Uh, coming up, we'll update you on college football. We'll do a couple of other things like that. And as I said, Tim Murray uh, is coming up at 3.30. So we'll just do Tim Murray at 3.30 and we'll go over as many of the bowls as we possibly can uh, during the segment with him. Uh, call up if you have anything you want to talk about, whether it's college basketball, college football, NFL related. As always, you could certainly text us 327-0888. That is the text line and the phone number 804 is the area code. We are here on a Friday getting you set for the weekend ahead. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. My brother-in-law died. Boys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN at Joseph's here, taking up to 4 o'clock. Uh, if you ever miss an interview, go to our website, ESPNRichmond.com. Uh, you always want to kind of go to our website as well anyway to uh, check out every once in a while. There could be some contests or things like that. Um, make sure to go to our website, ESPNRichmond.com. 
Uh, if you ever miss an interview, obviously this week we've had um, we've had some fun interviews, whether it was Al Galdi talking about what was going on in D.C. Um, we've had, and over the last two weeks, Ricky Ronnie, the ODU coach, has uh, joined us. Um, we talked a little JMU with Coach Robo. Uh, Bob had Phoenix Sproles on, and we'll have the new head coach, Bob Chesney, on the show today. Um, so, yeah, we try and break out the interviews separately. That way you can hear just the interviews or the whole hour, whatever you'd like to do, because we know your time is precious. And um, we want you to make sure to keep up with your favorite shows, whether it's one of ours or somebody else's. Three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line. And um, we didn't really talk about Draymond yesterday. I. It's a tough story to talk about because I feel like there is something wrong with Draymond that probably needs to get figured out. Um, I think Draymond's a good guy who may have some sort of issues beyond the basketball court that maybe this time off will help him fix. Uh, I think that you know it's just a, it's a tough scene. He's a great guy, and I'm not gonna de- I'm not gonna sit here and say oh, he's a terrible guy, he's a horrible human being. I think he just changes as a person. Um, sometimes when in the heat of the battle, I think we all get competitive to some extent. And I think there's some juices that start flowing when you're, when you get competitive. And I think that unfortunately for Draymond, he channels it in a different way than you're supposed to. That's what I'll say about Draymond. Like, I'm not going to go and sit here and delve into anything else. I, I just feel like we all are competitive in our own ways, whether it is board games, card games, Uh, dating, whatever it is. There are different ways to be competitive and different things to compete over, and there's different ways to handle it. And unfortunately, he handles it in a poor way, which hopefully this time off... I mean, look, I I have no problem with the indefinite suspension. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I think that he probably deserves a longer suspension. And so that's unfortunately what's going to happen to him. He is... um, He'll get the help that he needs, and hopefully he comes back a better player. I'm more concerned for the for the Warriors on the um, on the court. Not a very good basketball prop, from what I could tell. They are not playing good basketball. And I think kind of what's happening there is um, you look at that team; they're old, and they're just a team that just you know we've seen what they can do. Now they probably need to freshen up a little bit, get some new pieces in there. Um, maybe Clay Thompson has to go somewhere. Maybe you trade him elsewhere because he's just not what he used to be. Other than that, you know, the Warriors just need to kind of freshen up the roster a little bit, I think. Every dynasty has to come to an end, and I think the Warriors dynasty has hit its end. So, I mean, we'll see if the Warriors want to trade Draymond. Maybe they're tired of just dealing with this stuff. They want to trade him, start him somewhere new. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I I think it's time for a change in Golden State. Uh, Commander's injury report is out. Only two players are out for the game, Brian Robinson and James Smith-Williams. They have activated Sadiq Charles from injured reserve and placed tight end Curtis Hodges on injured reserve. So there is some changes here. And and this is the odd part of the NFL and of any sport, really, is that there's not a single person who is listening to this show logically and realistically that wants the Commanders to win this weekend. Like, I don't know if you'll even watch the game this weekend. This is kind of where we are in terms of a society where you get to a certain point in the, in your sport and you know that you're not going to make the playoffs and you're just kind of like, all right, time to lose. Like, let's go. That's it. Like, I don't... I, Washington still has four games left. 
There's four games left of this coming uh, season, and yet it, you are better served for them to not win a single game. And that's just so weird. Because obviously you get the, as I just said, the competitive juice is like you want your team to win. Like you want to beat the Rams. Commanders have at the Rams, at the Jets on Christmas Eve day, home against the 49ers, home against the Cowboys. The good thing is, for a team that wants to lose, there is a chance that you lose four of all four of those games. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. They continue to say in New York that if they're not going to make the playoffs, they're not going to rush Aaron Rodgers back. I don't know. We'll see. If he does play, that completely changes the scope of that game. But if you're playing Zach Wilson, like if the commanders actually try, they probably can beat the Jets. And then you got the 49ers who are going to want the one seed. That's going to probably be ugly. And it's going to feature a lot of Jet, uh, 49ers fans in your building. And then you got the Cowboys who may have clinched the NFC East by then. May have clinched a playoff spot by then. Don't know if they're going to be the four, five, or six, whatever it is. Like that game could either be the Cowboys backups versus the Commanders, or it could be the Cowboys starters trying really hard to lock up whatever the division, the number one seed, whatever. So there are there's a chance that the Commanders could win two of those games. There's a chance the Commanders could lose all of them. I don't think they're going to win all of them. But it's just so it's so weird to be put in this position. And then you go back to like what Commissioner Goodell says that he wants to potentially go to 18 games. So now you're sitting here and you've got a fourth, a fifth of the fan bases in your sport who are basically rooting for your team to lose. If you are the Carolina Panthers, you don't want your team to win. If you are the Patriots, if you are the Cardinals, if you are the Chargers, if you are the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, like all the teams who don't have a chance, like you are now basically rooting for. Now the Bears have an outside shot, and I guess the the Raiders have an outside shot, and I guess the six and sevens, they have outside shots. But like if your team is losing, like you kind of want them to finish this thing off and keep losing so you can get a great draft pick. Next year's class is going to be pretty good. Caleb Williams, uh, Drake May, uh, there could be some other guys. Obviously, Marvin Harrison has kind of half said he might come back, but I don't know. So the top of the draft, and if you're the commanders and you want Olu Fashanu from Penn State, the offensive lineman, like you got to be bad enough to get him. I don't know. It's just I'm not happy with adding more games to the schedule when you already have teams. Like, that's why the last month of baseball, outside of, like, yes, I understand, there are pennant races down the stretch in baseball, but there are half of the fan bases who don't want to win, who don't want to to do well. They want to go and have better draft picks, and they're just playing prospects and things like that, yet there's 162 games of that. So... What I'm basically saying is, yes, the Commanders are playing this weekend, and you probably want to see some good things from certain players. You want to see Chris Rodriguez do better. You want to see what the what Sam Howell, uh, you know, as, as Al Galdi said, these last four games are basically, let's have Sam Howell throw four touchdowns in every game, and they still lose. That's uh, Nobody watches sports like that. Nobody sits there and says, yeah, let's lose, but you do really well. By the way, it looks like also Ron Rivera said Jonathan Williams is going to get elevated, so it's going to be Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez, and Jonathan Williams. I mean, that's not exactly the greatest group of running backs, but whatever. That's what they're going to send out there. The line is six and a half. 
Uh, it's gone up from five and a half. I'm interested to see. I mean, obviously, the Rams have had a, a wild season in terms of they had some injuries. Cooper Cup obviously didn't play the first, I think, five or six games. They're six and seven. They are a game out of a playoff spot with a whole bunch of teams. The Packers, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Saints, they're all six and seven. The Rams have the talent. They um, It's ironic because they have only outscored their opponents by nine. And they don't have really a home field advantage. They're three and three at home, but that's because like it's LA. A lot of people travel to that building to go watch their team play. The Rams fans don't travel to go and and watch their team play. So there will be. I'm I'm guessing there will be a nice amount of Commanders fans who made the trip out to LA. And if they're loud enough, maybe it'll sound at times like it is a Rams home game. But obviously, you you don't want to win the game you you've been getting so many good gifts from everybody around you uh, winning last week was it was tremendous for you you had the titans win you had um you had the giants win everything was going really well for the commanders you almost don't want to screw it up by trying and winning down the stretch that's something you don't want to do because you want a top five draft pick uh three two seven zero eight 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 phone number text line eight oh four is the area code. Let's take a timeout. Coming up, there are a lot of bowl games. I am so happy. There's some college basketball this weekend. There's some NFL, but there are a ton of bowl games. We will get into that next with Tim Mario Vison. We'll get as many in as possible. We'll tell you where you should put your money this weekend, as we always do on a Friday. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. It is a Friday. Usually we do this at 315. Uh, we moved it back a little bit to 330 to accommodate our guest. Uh, joining us now, he is the guy you hear on VSIN. You can follow him on Twitter at one. Tim Murray. Tim, what's going on? What's up, man? I am, uh, it's bowl season, baby. I love bowl season. I absolutely love it, even though things don't make a lot of sense from time to time, but uh, bowl season's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, look, I know there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, these bowls are meaningless and, and all this and that. Do you not want more football? I, I, I forget. Like, you know, come uh, come April, Matt, we're all clamoring for, like, give just give us the Hall of Fame game. So, yes, as uh, as we, the betters, and many of the people listening who, who want to get down on these games, is it a challenge to bet these games? Of course, you know. Be careful. Don't go nuts. I would never really recommend, you know, your biggest bet of the year to be a bowl game. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can find edges. Sometimes you can get ahead of a move. And honestly, as we sit back when it's cold outside, Matt, especially there for you guys, and have a little uh, action on a, a bowl game against two teams that probably don't play each other more often than not, why not? I agree. Um, I have taken a few positions in tomorrow's game, so I'm looking forward to seeing if we agree. Yep, yep. Uh, let's start out. 11 a.m. our time, 8 a.m. your time, the Myrtle Beach Bowl down in Conway, South Carolina. It is Georgia Southern against the Shell, the ghost of uh, Ohio's <laughs> offense. 
Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games where, you know, this is what's so different about this year's bowl season than in recent years, right? Because Ohio, under normal circumstances, Matt, well, this team's going to be totally fine. Well, not the case, right? Because we've got a bunch of opt-out situations. Uh, Curtis Rourke is headed to Indiana. Uh, I know a bunch of their running backs, I believe, are, are to be sidelined. You know, one thing to keep a note, uh, an eye on, and, and certainly, you know, you could attest to this with James Madison being as close as it is to you guys. If you are in the portal, you still could play for your team in the bowl game. So that's something to keep an eye on. It's been interesting to note uh, the market has come a little bit back on Ohio today. Uh, We've seen some two and a halfs, including at DraftKings, pop up in this game. I don't have a bet on this one, Matt. I guess I would go Georgia Southern if if forced to play it. Uh, Curious your angle because uh, the the buyback here on on Ohio is is interesting to me. I took under 23 and a half points for Ohio. I know Georgia Southern's defense is terrible, but like Ohio's offense wasn't good with these people in it, and now they don't have these guys. So I took under 23 and a half for Ohio uh, on the point total. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that with everything that is out, out uh, there for, for the Bobcats heading into this game. Uh, motivation's going to be high for Jacksonville State. Uh, they play yep. Louisiana uh, in the New Orleans Bowl. That's at 2.15 our time. Uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, once again, another situation where I believe uh, Louisiana opened as the favorite and uh, Jacksonville State is now a two and a half point favorite. A little bit of buyback here on uh, on Lafayette. Um, you know, opt out wise, I think these teams are both pretty clean. Uh, Jacksonville State, I believe, is uh, maybe missing one player, but their really, kicker. Yeah, their kicker. Uh, and then Louisiana is missing, I think, a linebacker. So another two uh, noteworthy there uh, when it comes to this game. Yeah, I think motivation's high. I, I would look a little bit towards Jacksonville State uh, in this spot uh, with a team that, you know, first bowl opportunity for for Jack State, and uh, that would be the way I would look a little bit in this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's Jacksonville State or nothing uh, there. All right, 3.30, the Avocados of Mexico Cure Bowl. Uh, Miami, Ohio, and Appalachian State in Orlando, Florida should be noted rain and wind for this game, which makes things even more fun. I, I might be on an island here. I kind of like the Red Hawks of Miami here. Uh, I was able to grab seven when it touched seven. It's six and a half now. I would still lean that way. Um, look, I get it. You know, Miami lost Brett Gabbert, their starting quarterback, middle of the season, and Avion Smith, for some reason, has hit the transfer portal, their backup quarterback. So it's going to be a guy in Henry Hessen who will get the start here uh, for Miami, which is not ideal. But what I'm banking on here, Matt, is that weather, which is going to be ugly. And a defense in Miami that's honestly one of the best in the country. My worry certainly would be the athletes uh, for App State and from the Sun Belt, to be honest, are far superior to what uh, they faced in the MAC. But, you know, this is a Miami team that beat Cincinnati earlier this year in a rivalry game. Uh, everybody's playing uh, for, for the bowl season or for from that defense, I should say. And look, if we went back to uh, the, the MAC championship, I had under and a little bit on Miami. And, you know, we had to sweat out the under on a crazy final play of the game. Uh, which would have not been very fun. But this is a defense that's legit. Um, and I think they're going to want to slow it down. Uh, Chuck Martin's a smart coach. And, you know, motivation, I think, is definitely going to be there for Miami, a team that wants to get the 12 wins for, I think, the first time since Big Ben was there in the late 90s. So uh, if, if you could get a seven, certainly would look that way. Even at six and a half, a lean towards Miami, because uh, I'm curious your angle. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. So if I could get the points in what expects 
to be kind of an ugly affair. By the way, Appalachian State, I believe their top running back uh, is as out, Nate Noel. So, you know, that's something to note there in what could be a pretty low-scoring game. I am on Miami, Ohio at six. My, I never all the books that got to seven. It looks like we're in Vegas, so I was not able to get the seven. I'd actually add more if I got a seven. I love Miami, Ohio. I also took under twenty-seven and a half points for the Appalachian State uh, team total, but that's gone because the total continues to go down. But yeah, I agree. As long as Miami, Ohio's defense was there, that's the only unit I wanted out of this whole thing, and then they're pretty much intact. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a, a very, very good defense, and, and that's their calling card right now. And I think Chuck Martin, you know, when you lose Avion Smith, the quarterback from Miami, if you go back and watch them, I mean, it's not like he was kind of the really relied on to do all that much. He used his legs in the MAC championship a decent amount. Um, but, you know, they have good running backs. They've got a good defense. And uh, in the rain and the slop, uh, give me the points uh, there with Miami. And, and it could be a fun one. You know, honestly, I know a lot of people – uh, or getting those confidence polls right where you got to put point total. If you want to be different, maybe put a couple points on Miami because I think a lot of people are just going to auto put the points on Appalachian State. So I think if you're looking to differentiate yourself, this might be kind of an upset pick to look at uh, if you're in one of those confidence pools. All right, this one should be a quick one. The New Mexico Bowl, basically New Mexico State's the home team, uh, and they take on Fresno State. Yeah, give me New Mexico State. I, I think it's kind of square, but uh, I don't care. Um, Fresno State, uh, this is a team that just fell apart down the stretch, right? They were 8-1, and one, maybe, maybe had an outside shot at, at the New Year's Six uh, with the way the season was going. They got blown out by San Jose State. They lose to New Mexico, and then they got crushed by San Diego State. Those last two opponents, New Mexico and San Diego State, uh, not very good, neither in a bowl game. And then you flip it over to New Mexico State. Uh, do they have a very good defense? No. Uh, uh, Diego Pavia, their quarterback, who I think, uh, especially you, Matt, being a, a mid-major savant, uh, this dude is uh, is a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I, I think New Mexico State, you talk about motivation. This team definitely wants to be in New Mexico to win this game. Jerry Kill and company uh, apparently wanted to go to this bowl last year. They got shipped out to, uh, to Detroit. They beat Bowling Green. Fresno State, as mentioned, they'll be without their head coach, Jeff Tedford. They were in this bowl game two years ago. So I can't imagine they're all fired up to be down there uh, in Albuquerque. So I, I think Fresno State kind of comes in uh, curious their motivation. New Mexico State pretty clean when it comes to the portal. I know they are missing a wide receiver who uh, had a bunch of touchdown receptions this year, but uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the Aggies here uh, for sure. Obviously, you have to lay the hook, which is never ideal, but uh, I think they take care of business. I like uh, New Mexico State. Could also money line parlay New Mexico State and Jacksonville State if you like. Because... Yeah, or if you want to throw them on with like uh, a fam you uh, in the in the celebration bowl. Uh, you know, I, I don't I haven't handicapped the 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 MIAC or the SWAC all that much, but uh, from my understanding, uh, fam you probably uh, the the superior team over Howard, even though Howard my home hometown squad so uh I, I hope howard can pull off the the upset down in atlanta tomorrow all right this line continues to go up and i don't understand why it's the la ball with gronk who's hosting the thing and singing the national anthem which is really odd uh ucla it's now up to five and a half there's a six at your book uh, against boise state and like half of ucla's team is not playing half their coaching staff's not there and chip kelly might get fired after this game I don't get it. I don't. I, I you know, it, it's one of those, you know, I try to be in front of the movement. I try to agree with the movement. I, I just don't get it, Matt. I really don't. I mean, this is up to six at Circa, like you alluded to. Uh, why? 
uh, because uh, Taylor Green is gone. Okay, you know Taylor Green's a quarterback for Boise State who are unaware he has hit the transfer portal and he is headed to uh, headed to Arkansas. Maddox Madison, uh, Madsen, their backup, is out for the season. So yes, they're starting a true freshman in CJ Tiller. So that is probably the reason for this move, but. I don't know, man. Like, Ashton Genty is coming back. They're stud running back. George Halani, this could be his final bowl game. It's a Boise State team that Spencer Danielson uh, got the full-time job. So, you know, I guess the argument can be that, you know, maybe the motivation is gone. I I don't buy that. I think there's a Boise State team that's going to be incredibly motivated to play at SoFi Stadium on ABC, 730 Eastern. And then you flip it over to UCLA. Uh, Last game of the season, they got run off the field by Cal. Uh, You know, they, they won their Super Bowl, so to speak, against USC, Matt. Um, you know, Ethan Garbers gets the start. Dante Moore is is hitting the portal. Uh, Latu, their their stud edge rusher is gone. So uh, I played two things here. I did take the points, and I got a bad number. You know, to be honest, I took three. I took four and a half. I took three when I thought Taylor Green was going to play. I took four and a half yesterday. And uh, so I'm on the wrong side there. But uh, I also took under. Uh, I think this is a low-scoring game. Uh, I don't really trust this you know, UCLA uh, offense all that much. And I, I think the issue that probably the handicappers have, have pointed out here is the fact that this game – uh, you know, the defensive line for UCLA outside of Latu is still pretty intact. So is Boise State going to be able to run the ball? So, look, I'm on under. Uh, I took Boise State at a bad number. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I don't really understand the move all that much. Yeah, I also like the under. I took Boise State's team total under. It was like 23 and a half. Um, yeah, I just... I don't know how Boise State's going to score, but I also know that Boise State's defense isn't the best. Their pass defense is one of the worst in the country, but like who's Garber's going to throw to? It's probably going to be a lot of uh, Loya uh, out wide and some TJ Harden in the backfield. Uh, final game for tomorrow. I have no idea. I have no side in this thing. I have nothing because Cal has a lot of people out. Texas Tech has a lot of people out. Cal doesn't have their offensive coordinator. Uh, any thoughts on the Independence Bowl in Shreveport? So I'll be there. I'll be on the sidelines uh, for this one. Looking forward to it. Uh, part of Bowl Season Radio. So looking forward to uh, to being part of the broadcast here. Um, fascinating game. And it starts with the two running backs. Taj Brooks for Texas Tech. And then Jaden Ott, I think, gave every Cal fan uh, a heart attack today because he put out one of those videos on Twitter saying he was going into the portal. He stepped up, walked away from the chair, and then put his head back into uh, into the camera and said, just kidding. And uh, he will be there. He's coming back for his junior season. Uh, Cal, for the most part, is relatively clean. Uh, their leading tackler, linebacker, is gone uh, due to the portal. Um, you know, They lost their, their stud linebacker, Jackson Sermon, middle of the season. But the guy who stepped in actually ended up winning Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, or, or Freshman of the Year, I should say. So um, I think motivation is certainly there. Fernando Mendoza has played really well uh, for this Cal team uh, at the quarterback position, Jaden not um you know look the, the two running backs that i alluded to are, are very motiv- uh you know very excited to be there uh this is cal's first bowl game since 2019 uh believe it or not and uh texas tech you know this is a team uh, you know I, i'll see it in person i'll be curious um the market's kind of uh disagreed a little bit here it's gone up to three and a half i think three and a half's worth of play on cal to be honest if you can get the hook um i, I think cal's motivated for this game uh they won their final three games matt they beat uh, uh washington state then they beat stanford and then as a pretty decent dog they had to beat ucla and they smashed them and uh, i think this team is excited to be down in shreveport texas tech all in all, pretty un, uh, underwhelming season for them. Year two for Joey McGuire. Uh, Joey McGuire being very busy in the portal, bringing in new pieces. So um, you mentioned the um, 
the defections there for Cal. Uh, yeah, they did indeed lose uh, you know Jake Spavadol, their their offensive coordinator. He's headed to Baylor, but they promoted from within, so there's still some continuity there. The offensive line coach takes over as a as the OC. So uh, I, I kind of like Cal in this game. Uh, I haven't bet it. I'm not uh, I'm not going uh, Kirk Herbstreit here. Not uh, eluding the pick here since I'm on the call, but uh, I would lean Cal uh, plus the three and a half if you can get that hook in this game. I, I think it's a it's a toss up between these two teams. Uh, we'll go to Monday, the famous Toastery Bowl in Charlotte. And as we've been speaking, all the two and a halfs are gone, and it's now ODU minus three. Uh, Western Kentucky has not said anything about Austin Reed. Uh, we have seen this team also with guys in the transfer portal allow them to play in the game, so we don't even know. Uh, and ODU's without Jason Henderson, which is pretty big. That's the nation's leading tackler. They got a couple wide receivers. Uh, another guy in the transfer portal. What's your thoughts on the famous Toastery Bowl? Yeah, I wasn't really expecting to get involved in this one. I know all of us probably will some way or another, you know, if we're in a pick and pool or whatnot. Um, I guess I would look a little bit towards ODU uh, from from the motivational standpoint. Ricky Ronnie, his first bowl game. Um, you know, you look at uh, Western Kentucky. Is Malachi Corley playing? I, I think he might be. As far as we know, yes. You know, he's a pretty stud, studly wide receiver there for Western Kentucky. But, yeah, the Austin Reed kind of um, – situation is is fascinating to me the uh, the quarterback for western kentucky who last year uh we all were under the assumption he was going to the portal he was in the portal that he came out of the portal and actually played in the bowl game and western kentucky won in convincing fashion but i mean there's a lot out for western kentucky that's why we've seen the flip of favorites and you know as you alluded to the market uh moving in their direction here so uh i guess i guess i would look a little bit towards odu uh in this spot uh you know the market's telling you that's that's the way to go so i guess odu basically motivation and and western kentucky kind of opt out wise so that's the way i would go let me throw one to you because you you dive into this do you have any feel on north dakota state montana on saturday uh it seems like a lot of sharp money on the grizz at home in this one well i feel like anybody who bets the fcs if you're a square you're going to automatically bet north dakota state Uh, i feel like the fcs wants north dakota state south dakota state because that's the you know that that those are the two programs that drive them crazy i haven't done as much with the fcs but i feel like north dakota state is always live because they always want north dakota state in that title game yeah, I did see, uh, I think John Murray at the Westgate Superbook on his podcast said that they have had uh, sharp action on Montana. So uh, that could be certainly something to look at. Uh, I have a friendly wager with a, a colleague of mine. He took North Dakota State. I took Montana. So, uh, yeah, I do think because North Dakota State has had so much success uh, over the years, uh, maybe Easton Stick doesn't help that out from what we saw last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like the Grizz, but I'll be honest, haven't watched a ton of FCS football. So that might be more of a, a DJ type of uh, wager there. We'll do more uh, bowl stuff next week. Um, let me just ask you real quick. Commanders, uh, obviously everybody wants them to lose for pick prosperity, but coming off the bye, is there trends or anything that say like maybe they'll try after a bye week like this? Call me crazy. I'm on the Commanders. I took the six and a half. Um, uh, I was talking to John Murray, uh, speak of the devil, and uh, he told me that the biggest need as of right now they will have is the Commanders. Uh, everybody's betting the Rams. They think the Commanders have quit. Maybe they have. Uh, but look, the NFL doesn't make sense. Look at last night. The Raiders scored 63 points a week after they looked like they were Iowa. So uh, who knows what the hell's going to happen in the NFL. I like the Commanders. It is a purely hold-your-nose special. I think it is uh, telling. You know, sometimes, you've heard me say this before, Matt, on your show, 
Line sometimes tells us a, a story, and why isn't this touch seven if everybody in the world is on the Rams, right? So I think uh, there's an assumption out there that this is uh, an easy winner. Maybe it will be, but uh, call me crazy. I'm on the Commanders. I took the six and a half. I was hoping for seven. I don't think we're going to get it. I really don't. Maybe if we do, it'll go- be gone very shortly, but... Uh, I'm rolling with the commanders and uh next uh next Friday when I join your show I can uh, I will wear happily wear a dunce cap if uh if the Rams go out and take care of business comfortably but you know commanders this year road dog 5 and 1 ATS the only non cover was Thanksgiving against Dallas and next uh week we'll be talking about maybe Aaron Rodgers going up against uh, the commanders who knows so uh certainly we will do that make sure to check him out on Vsin primetime 6 to 9 p.m. eastern time the bowl podcast is tremendous at one tim murray on twitter uh tim we will talk to you again next week thanks so much all right, Matt. Appreciate it, man. See you. All right. Uh, that is uh, Tim Murray. And I'm glad to hear that we're on a lot of the same things. Yeah, my favorite thing is Miami, Ohio. I just I love Miami, Ohio in this situation, especially in the rain and the wind. They're not going to throw the ball anyway. Um, I, I Their defense is absolutely tremendous. Now, the one thing about taking unders in some of these games is... If the defenses don't want to play, or if the you know there's a little bit of a loose atmosphere, then you, your unders disappear pretty quickly. Um, but I really like Miami of Ohio. I think that they are going to show up uh, in their bowl game tomorrow. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll do one final segment. Get you set for the weekend ahead. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Call Herman Allen. Pl- Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here. Uh, uh, you can all remember that I said I love betting on bowl season, and then, you know, Tuesday when I'm back on the air, because Monday we've got the ODU game on our airwaves, you'll hear me if it doesn't go my way. Um, go back against that. I do enjoy betting on the bowls, but I'll also say this. You could do all the research, and as I said, you've got to do the research. You've got to go on the websites and on Twitter and everything and find who's playing and who's not playing, because this is not a week three game in which everything is normal. This is all completely different. So, you you know, you've heard there's a ton of opt-outs for a lot of these games, and if you don't know who's opting out and who's playing, then you're going to be kind of going blind into these things. You also got to kind of look at weather, and you also got to kind of guess in terms of motivation. Who wants to be where they are? Who doesn't want to be where they are? Because motivation matters a lot in bowl season. So that's why I like Miami, Ohio. Um, Miami, Ohio's defense is intact. Now, look, as I said, you know Miami, Ohio's offense is going to struggle to score. It's going to be really ugly at times, but with the weather the way it is and with everything the way it is, I agree with him. If you can get a seven, which means buying the half point, then I would do it. But um, I would not, I echo his sentiments also, I would not do, go crazy on anything uh, during these games because anything can happen. We'll see. I mean, this will take us back to the COVID time when all of a sudden you get ready for a game and then right before kickoff you find out that you know six people have COVID and they can't play. This whole position group is not playing in the game. So don't go crazy. But if you want to have a little fun, I mean, look, tomorrow at 11 a.m. we got a bowl game. we got bowl games 11, 2.15, 3.30, 5.45, 7.30, 9.15. Like, if you love college football, you're you're gonna go insane over all this. So, um, really looking forward to the bowl games. And as I said, we will have a bunch of them on our airwaves tomorrow. Uh, we will have the famous toastery bowl on our airwaves on Monday, and then uh, we'll have a lot more as we continue on because we are your home uh, for college football. One hundred six one ESPN and. 
You know Tim likes to go against the grain. That's why he likes the Commanders, and it is interesting. These things have basically stayed on six and a half with some of the juices changing a little bit, um, basically how much they want to make you pay to get that six and a half. So they're not going to seven because I think they think that at seven, a lot of people are going to buy back on uh, the Commanders. So hopefully they lose for you Commanders fans. Hopefully you get your your Christmas wish that they lose, and then they lose to... um, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets next Sunday, but we will certainly talk about that. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Tim Murray, at one Tim Murray on Twitter. That's where you can find him. Make sure to check out his podcast. It's one of the best around when it comes to uh, college football. Uh, it certainly is one of the best. You can find me on Twitter at MidMajorMatt. If you ever have any questions with regards to a game or a bowl, I can certainly answer them there. At ESPN Richmond is the Twitter account that we have as well. As I said, I am off on Monday because we have the famous Toastery Bowl, and then we will go right to um, Behind the Web. Uh, So I am off on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday to recap the weekend, the crazy weekend, whether it's college football, college basketball. Good luck to the Rams as they get Joe Bamaseal back uh, on Saturday. So good luck to them. Good luck to all the local teams. We'll recap everything on Tuesday. Thanks to Lewis for all of his hard work. Don't forget, Bob Black has Bob Chesney, the new JMU coach, in the 5 o'clock hour coming up. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Spiders Athletics all year round. W291CL Lakeside Richmond. WURVHD2 Richmond. We are 1061 ESPN. This is